boys welcome back episode 41 of the booth review podcast it's a great weekend it's a great day i'm here with seth we are excited to be back football is back college football is back everybody's back we're back seth how are you doing today I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm admittedly a little bit tired, but I am I've never been this excited to watch football before. Same. So I mean, uh, I'm, I'm right. really excited. I mean, yesterday was a good precursor for today. Um, you know, I, I got a lot of good practice switching the channels, surfing through the different channels, going back and forth between the different college games. Yesterday was good practice. It was like preseason for watching football. And then today's the real deal. Obviously, uh, NFL Red Zone is back, so I can't wait to hear the guy say seven hours of commercial free football start now. That's I live for that every Sunday. I just I live for hearing that statement. And once you once you hear that, you know the NFL season is back. Am I correct in in saying that you're getting tested for the COVID today? I am. I am getting tested. I've been so BU tests us every three days essentially. So. Uh, I, the way my kind of like schedule works out and the way, like when I got my first test, uh, I get tested Sundays and Wednesdays. So I've already okay. tested negative. I think I've tested negative like four times now. Nice. So they just kind of go through it. You have to do a daily symptom survey, uh, to be like, oh, I'm not, it was funny. The first like week or two, it was a 14 question survey. And then yeah. last week they changed it and now it's an eight question survey. Um, but you know, it's just like, do you have a fever? Do you have a new cough? Do you have difficulty breathing? Yeah. yeah. And then like my favorite one though, is the, uh, severe muscle aches. Like I work out six days a week. I right, have severe yeah. muscle aches. Like, yeah, you're a big guy, you know, you, you work out, you're, have, pump, you're pumping iron. I mean, <laughs> if I end up having like the Rona and one of my symptoms is severe muscle aches, I'm not going to like be like, oh, I've got muscle aches. I should like, you know, like I'm not going to that's not something that's going to be like out of the ordinary for me. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, so you said you tested you tested negative four times. Does that mean you tested positive zero times? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're undefeated I've, right now. <laughs> yes, I am. You're on, four a four tests, game, four you're on a four game win streak is how, how exactly. I'm looking at it. Good. Very good yeah, for we're, you. We're rolling. Uh, we're rolling. What year was that? 2011 Patriots. Except we're gonna actually win. You know, in the end, we're not gonna lose the Super Bowl. Well, we'll see. So <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I'll take. That's what I keep saying. All it takes is one. All it takes is one positive test, and then the world is gonna end again. Uh, but yeah. So we're back today, episode 41. NFL football is back. We're gonna go through our. We're gonna rapid fire go through all of the Sunday games today and give our picks. Talk a little college football as well yesterday. I mean, it was what it was. It was it was fun to watch football. It was, like I said, it was good preseason football watching for the actual NFL season that starts today. Uh, no SEC teams yesterday, so that kind of sucked. But there were some good games. Uh, if, if, if for the people who tuned into TBR Game Day Live, you would have known that I went 5-2 and two on my picks. So congratulations to me. I hope I steered you right. I picked Georgia Tech. That was my big upset in Georgia Tech when I was fired up. That was pretty much, for me, the only game that was exciting yesterday. Uh, the rest of the games were kind of like, yeah, Clemson's going to win. Notre Dame's right. going to win. Oklahoma swept. Well, that Notre Dame game was closer than I expected it to be. I won't lie, I didn't have yeah. the chance to watch most of these games. But just seeing the score, like, um, you know, they were. it was a close game up 
through the third quarter and then Notre yeah. Dame scored 10 in the fourth. Like that's literally just reading the box score out of that. Right. Uh, so yeah. for all I know, Notre Dame was murdering them and just couldn't put points on the board when it came to getting in the red zone. Oh but, yeah. I, I watched the game. It was, it was like you said, it was close. Um, I think I forget if I said this or not. I know I was thinking it that when I was looking at Notre Dame and Duke, I think I said on the, the live stream that I thought this game was going to be close for the first three quarters and then Notre Dame was going to pull away because Notre Dame plays football like that. They they tend to play a little bit down to the teams that they're playing against, especially being like an independent team. And they joined the ACC this year, right. but they play down to the teams that they play against. Duke isn't the same caliber as Notre Dame. Notre Dame's ranked 10th in the country, uh, <laughs> yeah. but they play down to all those teams. And so I think I said, like, uh, I think this one's going to be close for, like, the first three quarters, but then Notre Dame's going to come away with a win. They did the same thing. I watched them play against BC a few years ago. They did the same thing. It was a close game when it really shouldn't have been, and then they absolutely swept the floor in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but honestly, yes, the ACC is going to be fun. Like, it I is. feel like the ACC is going to be good football this year. Like, I think that when you add a team like Notre Dame, where, I mean, where did Notre Dame finish last year? They were definitely top ten for like, the majority of the year. And then I think they, they might have. Top five, maybe. Well, so there was a period of time when they were, like, sitting there and, you know, it was a very good chance of them making it into the playoff. And then they ended up losing two games that they shouldn't have lost and they dropped out. But I think that, you know, so I... I'm a Notre Dame fan. My dad's from South Bend, Indiana. That's where he was born. That's where he spent a good amount of his childhood. So we've always been Notre Dame fans. But, you know, I... Being an independent was all well and good when it was the regular college football like championship like the way right, they used yeah. to do it whereas yeah. you know you would find out on whatever day that it was like the one and two seeds going against each other but now that it's the playoff like you have to be a major conference team to get into that like you can't you can't not have a conference and get into the playoff and so i i would hope that notre dame obviously plays well because I'm going to root for them, but I would also hope that they would stay in the ACC just because I think that being in a conference allows for you to get better competition and have that. And the way that the college football playoff works too, especially this season, the COVID season, you're not going to have a Big Ten team most likely. I know they're voting today about whether to start the season, but for the time being, you're not going to have a Big Ten team competing. So you're not going to have your Ohio States, your Michigan States, I mean, Michigan, your Penn States, uh, you're not going to have those teams competing for a college football playoff spot. If you're Notre Dame, you're a team that's consistently finished within the top 10 and you just joined the ACC, a team that has, you know, or a conference rather that has teams that are going to the college football playoff and winning the college football playoff or a team in, in Clemson. I think that this season is so important for Notre Dame to run the table because you actually have a legitimate shot at a college football playoff. You're going to have some random teams that are competing for the college football playoff. You're going to have a weird top 25. Uh, I think that if Notre Dame runs the table this year and goes undefeated, I think they have a really good shot at getting into the college football playoff, especially now that they're in the ACC. That's, that's my take on it. They looked okay yesterday and then, uh, and then they turned it on the fourth quarter. But I think that, their schedule's a little bit stronger this year than past years. I think that well, they can. Of course, I mean you got yeah. FSU. Right. I mean yeah. I don't know what Louisville's looking like this year, but they're never a pushover. You're gonna have to play Clemson. Like it's gonna be interesting to see how this goes. Yeah, it definitely will be. I'm pulling for Notre Dame. I've always been, you know, I like their offense. I like the way their programs run. Obviously, historic uh, college football organization program touchdown Jesus so <laughs> I, uh, I I'm, I'm pulling for him uh, before we get into the NFL I want to talk about 
just the fact, like a nice little stat here, the fact that I believe, let me pull it up. And I was watching all the games yesterday. Yeah. So the Big 12 yesterday went 0-3 against Sunbelt teams, which I think was crazy. And I know that there was Iowa State was the big upset. Iowa State lost to Louisiana Lafayette. Um, everyone on game day yesterday, including myself, uh, Manny Carp, and the fans got the picks wrong for Iowa State. Uh, but the Big 12 went 0-3 against teams from the Sun Belt, which is definitely concerning if you're if you're like if you're one of those teams in the Big 12, because coming out of the Big 12, you've you've sent a team to the college football playoff for like the past what, five years. Oklahoma's been in it. Oklahoma played well, but uh, other than that. You're not going to have a ton of competition in that conference, which sucks because Oklahoma looks really good this year. And if you're a team like Iowa State, ranks 23rd in the nation right now, uh, once again, the same premise with Notre Dame, you don't have as much competition heading for that college football playoff as you normally would. If you're inside the top 25 and you're in a division like the Big 12, you should be winning every single game unless it's against Oklahoma, who's the number one team in your conference, number five team in the nation. I don't even know what Oklahoma's ranked. I think they're up there. Yeah, but, they're, they're number five right now. It's, oh, what a what a guess. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was a crazy stat that the Big 12 went 0-3 yesterday. And the yeah. Sun Belt is like, yeah, it's college football, but that's all I can say about it. It's college football. It's there. It's happening. Uh, you can watch it. But it, I just I, like I just Oklahoma think that, should be concerned, too. Like, it, yeah. like Oklahoma knows they're going to win games, mm-hmm. but, you know, say Oklahoma drops one, right? Because, you, you know, it, you're, there's always going to be that one game in the year where, you know, you don't play particularly well. I mean, you can't just kind of ignore Texas. I, you know, Iowa State's a top 25 team, like you said, so they're going to, and, you know, Texas top 15. They're going to have to come up against Oklahoma State, and that's a rivalry game. So those ones are always tight. You never know what's going to happen there. You know, you, you have to worry that if you do drop a game and your conference isn't playing well, that could have severe ramifications yeah. for Oklahoma. Like, the pressure has never been higher for them to just win out. Right. And especially, too. The Big 12, like, I'll go ahead and say it. I think the Big 12 is one of the weaker conferences in football, at least one of the weaker Power 5 conferences. Uh, I, If you're Oklahoma, you need to, A, you need to, A, win out, and B, you need to be playing so well. Because yeah. if you're not, come, you know, you're, you're probably going to get into the college football playoff. Like, we, I think we can go ahead and say that Oklahoma will probably be in the college football playoff. Uh, you're not playing against teams like Alabama, LSU, Clemson. You're not playing against those big SEC, ACC teams that you would normally get like a game or two against in the regular season. You're playing it within your own conference, which is not a strong conference. So if you don't get that experience against some of those bigger top five schools, come college football playoff time, it's going to be a repeat of last year where you show up against LSU and get absolutely run off the field. So if I'm Oklahoma, I'm a little concerned that that the schedule is weak. And I'm also concerned that the conference isn't playing well because you can look at it from both ways. You can look at it like, yeah, if Oklahoma drops one game, that's really concerning for their rankings and if they're going to make it into the playoff and get a select. But you could also look at it as if they just run the table against these weak teams. They're not going to be playoff ready when it comes time to play against an Alabama or a Clemson or I don't even know a team like that because you don't have big 10 teams this year. But it's definitely going to be interesting to see that conference I'm going to keep my eye on because the Big 12 yesterday was like all over the place. You had Oklahoma who, you know, Spencer Rattler threw through like four touchdowns, 400 yards. And then you had like Iowa State who got absolutely 
killed by Louisiana. And the score was closer. I mean, 31-14 isn't that close. Well, all 14 of those points came in the same quarter, didn't they? Didn't they only score in the second? Yeah. Right. Yeah, they they really and Louisiana Lafayette, too. I I think one of their coaches passed away in the offseason. So that's another factor, too, that they're kind of rallying around each other. But yesterday was a good day for college football. I think the SEC starts either next week or in two weeks. So we'll get uh, even bigger schools playing within the next two weeks. And uh, and we'll be sure to keep you all updated on that. Uh, Let's get into NFL now. Sunday NFL first Sunday with NFL football in a long time. And it felt longer because we were all locked inside our homes for months. We're here. Uh, before we get into the games, I wasn't aware that fans were being allowed at these games. So it's only, I wasn't either. I was sitting there watching. So um, I was in class while this game was going on. So I had it on, on my laptop and then yeah. later on my phone. And I'm looking there and I'm like, are like, because in my mind, I was, like, expecting them to do virtual fans because, like, NFL, right. the Fox has been doing that for baseball games. Yeah. So, like, when I saw the fans, when I noticed that the sections weren't full, yeah. that's how I was like, okay, if they did virtual fans, the sections would be full. And so I looked it up, and it's Kansas City and Jacksonville are the only two teams that are allowing fans into their stadiums. Really? And, yeah, so they're doing it wow. at 20% capacity. And I guess the Kansas City mayor was, like, getting flack for it. But there's all sorts of, like, rules and regulations. Like, you have to, like, quarantine for two weeks leading up to the game. Um, I don't know if there are, like, testing requirements. Like, if they're forcing people to get tested and test negative. Um, Which I imagine if they're, like, doing a quarantine for two weeks, then they wouldn't, you know, necessarily have to get tested. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so it's interesting. Um... I didn't really get to hear most of the game, so I'm wondering how loud the fans were. I imagine in those situations you're gonna end up doing what was it, it was the Colts, right? A few years back, like years and years ago, that were like yeah. pumping crowd noise. Right, in. yeah, pumping crowd noise. I, like, <laughs> I'm, I I kind of want them to do that, you know, just so that it's it, it'd be, I think it'd be fun for like the players. Like it's gonna be weird being yeah. out there with no fans. I mean, especially you know you think of some of these guys coming up like. These guys had to have gone to like good high schools where the you know the games were actually like packed, right? right? Yeah. Like going to you're not going to some scrub high school and then getting to a D1 college and then making right. the NFL. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm kind of used to not having fans at this point because I've been watching so much of the NBA bubble. So it's like I don't. Know, it's it's definitely weird because football is one of those things where it's you know it's seventy thousand fans sometimes. Right. Like it's crazy. Yeah. And it's outside too, for the most part. If you're not, right. if you're not the Saints or the Cowboys or, or the Colts, then you're pretty much outside. Uh, would, and, I think there's a roof in LA, but they also like they have those tall windows that like turn. Oh windows. yeah, the Cowboys do that too. Oh. You know, the retractable roof or whatever it is. But yeah, I had no idea there was going to be fans at this game because we've been so accustomed to watching bubble sports that I kind of forgot that. NFL is outside and and these stadiums pack 70,000 plus. So 20 percent capacity is still a lot of people. So someone told me Thursday before the game, they're like, oh, yeah, 17,000 fans. Are gonna be. I'm like, how are they going to do 17,000 fans? And then they did it. And in Kansas City, it was buzzing. It was loud. And it was like, wow, this is like a normal NFL game. You know, and those fans were like, they were obviously socially distanced and wearing masks, but they still did a good job. And I don't know if 
if the broadcast was pumping crowd noise in as well, but it sounded loud. I think you're going to get the complete opposite in Jacksonville. Jacksonville is tanking <laughs> right now. They don't have fans to begin with. Plus, they suck this year. I oh, think there's going to be no one at the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Dude, what's it your was selling shocking point? yesterday, though. My selling point? Yeah, no, for, for like, for, for like the Jacksonville. Jaguars. Like, yeah. like, like, if you're the the media guy or the marketing guy, like, like who are you sell Gardner Minshew? Like as much as that dude has Damn. a wild personality, <laughs> but like, like who, who am I supposed to be selling tickets on the bait? Like on the backs of, I know. And like, there's no I was talking there. about this yesterday. The Jaguars, like three years ago, were so good. They were in the AFC championship. They had Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boye, uh, Calias Campbell. I can't pronounce the other one's name. Uh, and then on the offense, Leonard Fournette. Uh, Blake Bortles was doing his thing. They were like good, and they now gave they're the like Patriots a real run for their money. I remember watching that game, did. like in coming in and while watching, being nervous if the Patriots were gonna get out of it. Right. I I, I thought that the before the game, I thought the Jaguars were gonna win, and especially Jalen Ramsey making that stupid promise that they were gonna go to the Super Bowl. I think that kind of jinxed them, but I thought they were gonna win the game. Uh, thank God they didn't. But but yeah, the Jag the Jaguars completely fell off, but. Watching the games like yesterday, the college football games, Florida State packed their stadium, like absolutely packed their stadium. Did they there really? Was no, yeah, oh, my God. There were so many people there. Notre Dame packed their stadium. Florida State packed it. It was kind of crazy to see. So I'm excited for fans to be back. Uh, obviously, we only have one game that has fans. Or do we even not have a game that has fans today? No, we the do. Jaguars, Indianapolis is at Jaguars. They're so. at Jacksonville. Okay, so there'll be like some people there. It'll be like it'll be like retired grandparents who are like, <laughs> let's go watch the Jaguars. So uh, yeah, it'll be cool. Um, Gillette announced that like for the first month for for like September they're not gonna do fans, but then they're gonna like revisit the idea of like a lower capacity. So I think as the season goes on, you're gonna see more and more uh, fans at games, which is exciting. Yeah, that's but, a very that's kind of what Boston's been doing right now. Like all yeah. the schools around here, it's we're putting in these rules and regulations. All of these buildings are closed for the month of September. And then after that, we'll evaluate it. So I think it's smart by New England. I really hope that eventually there's going to be fans there because, I mean, yeah. I feel like people are just going to like, dude, I'm so excited for the passes here just because I feel like like think about how much McDaniels has to work with this year. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> like. That man must have, like, if I was him, I would have needed a new pair of shorts when Bill called me up and said, hey, we just signed camp. Like, <laughs> thank, thank you for that image. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the fan thing, I'll just throw this out there before we actually make our picks for the games. I am and have been for a while a huge advocate of bubble fans, and I think we should do it. I think hmm. that you should get, like, like 20,000 Patriots fans, Packers fans, Bills, Mafia fans, whatever. Get them together. Have them quarantine for 14 days together in a hotel. Just, you know, bring technology so you can work and do school remotely. And then you get to go to the game. And that I think we should bubble fans. That's just that's my opinion. I would drop everything right now to be a bubble fan. I'd go live in a hotel for the next two months and just watch football, watch hockey, whatever it is. So if the NFL is listening. Bubble fans, make it happen. We want to see it. Everybody wants it. I'll be the first to sign up. I'll be the trial run. That's it. <laughs> That's my pitch to the NFL. Make me a bubble fan. All right. We're going to rapid fire run through every single game that's playing today. 
and give our quick picks. First game, the Battle of the Birds in Atlanta, Seattle and Atlanta. Falcons Seattle, Seahawks. Seattle by a million. Really? Julio's going to have like three touchdowns, no doubt. But <laughs> like, I'm just, I don't, look, you have Todd Gurley, which I think right. was a great pickup by them. But he hasn't looked like himself for the past few years. I would, you know, I, I don't think if you're Atlanta that you want to give him, you know, 20 touches today, right? Like, you yeah, probably want to give him maybe 10, maybe a couple of passes to him just to see, you know, how he's feeling in regular game action, you know, kind of ease him into things. You don't want to, like, first game of the season, you definitely don't want to rush it, especially in that division. Like, that's, right. <laughs> like, I don't see them having a clear path to the playoffs right now. So no, I, would I think just, this offense, I agree with you, is very overhyped. Uh, Todd Gurley with the Rams hasn't been the same in a while. Uh, for a while there, he was like the, Best running back in the NFL, quote unquote, but I don't see that at all. He's he's still hurt, in my opinion. I mean, he's been hurt for years, and they I think he's gone too quick, and they're pushing him too much. Uh, I think this game's going to be close, but I think the Seahawks are going to win twenty six to twenty four. That that's my prediction. Uh, Seahawks offense is like, yeah, it's good. It's not great. Uh, Pete just, Carroll. I feel like <laughs> we always say that every year, and then Russell Wilson finds a way. Like Russell this, this Wilson's is, the one bright spot in that offense, I think. And DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf is like my favorite yeah, person ever. Uh, other than that, though, uh, they don't have a run game. Pete Carroll is still establishing the run game from 2014. Uh, I just I, I don't see this this team being like insanely good in the NFC. Uh, but I do think they'll get a week one win. Uh, Pete Carroll is a character. He, he's, he's a character. He, he he is like the national spokesman for granola bars. That's what he looks like to me. He's just like, <laughs> he's just got like cool young grandpa energy. Oh my <laughs> and, God. And he's, he's just, he's trying to figure it all out. He was a great college coach at USC and he's still figuring out how to coach in the NFL. Even though he won a Super Bowl, he's still figuring it out. Yeah, he's spending. You said he's working on developing the run game. He's spending all of his hours trying to figure out, you know, how the heck the uh, the Russell Wilson pass got picked off on the goal yeah. line. <laughs> Shout out Malcolm Butler. Shout out Malcolm Butler, even though you ended up getting leaving. <laughs> yeah, but let's, know, let's be honest though, like, he, dude got a what was it like a six year six? He was a ridiculous contract that he ended up getting in Tennessee, and he did not play up to it. Like. No. Like, he was 100% our best corner, and then he left, and we've been better ever since. Right, yeah. Uh, I don't blame I, – I mean, I don't blame him for – we don't know what happened during that Super Bowl when he didn't play at all. We don't know. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll probably never know, but something definitely happened. So I don't, like, blame – if it was, like, an issue with him and the front office, then I don't blame him for leaving. Uh, I don't blame the Patriots for letting him leave either. I think that it was just a good mutual agreement that they yeah. wouldn't have a relationship anymore. All right, next game, Browns Ravens. I think this one is is fairly fairly obvious. Uh, I I mean I'll I'll talk about the Ravens in a second, but my pick is Ravens are going to beat the Browns thirty eight to seventeen. Yeah, I mean I think. Look, I mean I think seventeen is almost generous. I'm not going to lie. Like Odell loves getting pooped on. It's, it's the wildest story I've that ever. That was the heard weirdest thing ever. <laughs> I'm like what? Like what? <laughs> But, but no, I just, I think we've for years now been looking at this team 
and been like, like literally ever since the OBJ trade, and we're like, oh my god, they are stacked with offensive talent. And I just, I don't see this. I mean, I think the the Austin Hooper pickup in the offseason is going to be an interesting, you know, look. Um, I guess the chemistry just hasn't been there between Baker and uh, I don't even, Injoku, is that how you pronounce his last name? Um, but so. so it'd be, it'll be interesting to see how Baker and Hooper play with each other. Um, but yeah, I think 17 is generous. Honestly, I'd be surprised if they get that field goal. I think that the yeah. Ravens are going to blow them out. Yeah, I, I, I agree that, that the Browns are like last year, like you said, they were stacked and last year was a test for Baker Mayfield. He had Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., David Njoku, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb. Those right. that, that is the most stacked offense in the league right there on paper. And Baker Mayfield blew the opportunity. I said this yesterday on the stream. He was too busy doing his stupid commercials with Progressive and with Hulu instead of worrying about throwing the football. And it showed. Uh, it was the biggest sophomore slump that we've ever seen after I thought he had a pretty good rookie year coming off of a, a first round draft pick, a trip to the college football playoff and winning the Heisman. I think that Baker Mayfield had a great rookie year and then had a big drop off in a sophomore slump. He has those same options at his arsenal this year. And you could argue that there was an upgrade at tight end in getting Austin Hooper. Uh, I think that the Browns are going to be better last year. I think Baker may better than last year. I think Baker Mayfield is going to play better than he did last year. I don't think they're, they're anything special or going to contend for any sort of prize at the end of the year. I think their 17 points come straight from Nick Chubb today because Nick Chubb is an excellent mm. running back. The way he runs the football is just beautiful. He can find those empty slots. He can find the end zone. I think that literally he's going to carry the team today. Baker will be okay, but playing against the Ravens, the Ravens are a good team. I think you're just not winning this game. 38-17 is my score. When I'm talking about the Ravens, I've always been a big believer that the Ravens are so overhyped and that Lamar Jackson is so overhyped. And I think that the Ravens are a fraud offense. Really? I've said that said that last year on the podcast, and I'm going to say it again. I'm not this. They're going to win today, and they're going to be good, and they're going to make the playoffs. That's that's all good and fun. I don't think this Ravens offense is is that good. I think that it's that it's top heavy. I think it's very top heavy. Mark Ingram kind of washed. He was good with the Saints, kind of washed. Sure. Hollywood Brown is fast, and he put on weight in the offseason. They're like, oh, he's still as fast as, as he was last year, but he's heavier now. I don't care. Uh, they don't have that many options on offense. I think their offense gets carried by Lamar Jackson, and I think that that, that playbook – that the way that they're playing that that quarterback run heavy offense is going to get figured out this season. I was watching them all season last season. I'm like, how is someone not figuring this out? Like, I can see it from right here. They're going to run an option play. They're going to just go into the wildcat. Mark Ingram's going to pound the ground up the middle. They, they don't have a versatile enough offense to be a consistently good team for the long run. I think it's a fraud offense. I think that it's a fraud playbook, and it's going to get figured out this year. I don't see them as a serious contender for the Super Bowl, but they will win today. So I I have to disagree with you on the offensive side of things. I think that Lamar Jackson has made such great strides as a passer since his rookie year. Um, you know, like you look at that first season of him starting and his passing was terrible. I mean, his mm. turnover, he couldn't protect the ball. His turnovers were all over the place. 
And last year, he cut the turnovers significantly. He was a significantly better passer last year than he had been previously. Mm-hmm. And I think he's only going to get better as a passer. And in my, because, you know, to me, when I watch him, he, the run game comes so naturally to him that, like, obviously he's going to be working on it and doing his due diligence to make sure that he stays as a dynamic runner. But I feel like he's got that mindset of, I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can to get better, that his passing game is going to be electric this year. And, you know, I'm not super high on his receiving core. I definitely will admit that, that the receivers aren't, you know, super duper enticing. But when I look at someone like Lamar Jackson and the strides that he was able to make from one year to the next, I think that I look at him and I say that's someone who we could see playing like Pat Mahomes. Like, I think he's so athletic that he's got that ability to be like when you are that athletic, you can learn to throw the ball better. And I was I was never like, oh, this guy's just a straight up running back. Like, I, I didn't really subscribe to that. Like, obviously, coming in, his most enticing feature was his ability to run as a quarterback. But yeah. I've, I've always thought that he kind of knew what he was doing when it came to passing. And I think that last year his passing was so good that this year it's just going to be through the roof. And, I mean, look, he won the MVP last year. Like, like let's not forget that, right? Like, granted, they flamed out a bit in the playoffs. Um, and chalk that up to what you want, whether that's inexperience on his end or, you know, if the coaching didn't work, you know, whatever it was. But I, I feel like they're going to be so much better this year. I would not be surprised. I mean, obviously, it depends on how the, um, you know, the seating works out. But I would not be surprised to see Chiefs and Baltimore in the AFC championship uh, and it being a close, close game. I mean, I'm going to give the Chiefs the edge just because I feel like they've got the experience now under their belt of having won a Super Bowl. Yeah. But I'm not, I would not be surprised if both those teams made very deep playoff runs. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, next game, Bills and Jets. Once again, a no-brainer for me. Uh, I oh, got it's definitely Bills. the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Darnold's going to get mono again. He's going to get COVID. He's going to get every disease in the book. Oh, my God. Uh, I've got Bills 24-3. to I think the Bills' yep. offense is going to come together as the season progresses. Josh Allen was a quarterback that really got it done last year with, with not a lot of options on, on offense. Uh, you added Stefan Diggs in the offseason, who I think is like one of the better receivers in the NFL. Just the way he plays, I love yeah, Stefan Diggs, and he's on my fantasy yeah. team. So I think it's going to take them a, a little, a little time to, to like click. Um, so that's why I'm not giving them a bigger margin today. Uh, but 24 to three, Bills and Jets. Shout out to Bills Mafia. I know that there's going to be a lot of tables broken at at uh, at some tailgates today, even though you can't go to the game. Uh, but yeah. 24 to three. There's not much to say about that on my end. I think that Definitely everyone in the world with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yahoo fantasy auto drafted Josh Allen. So he is my starting <laughs> quarterback in the TVR fantasy league. So, you know, we're running with that, but yeah, I mean, it's the jets dude. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Like, who do you have? Le'Veon Bell? That's it. And he's definitely not who he was in, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Exactly. I mean, yeah. and that's not necessarily his fault either. Like, they're just, it's no. the Jets. Like, well, it is his fault for going to the Jets, I guess. But <laughs> Right. Okay, fine. You can make that argument. Right. But like, but it's not his fault. He's not playing well. Right. 
yeah, it's definitely they. They're just it's a trash franchise. But yeah, yeah. I think you're dead on. They're gonna get murdered. Uh, I feel like it's the Bills have a better chance than ever to come out of the AFC East as the division champ. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, everything depends on like I'm not going to make a judgment on any team week one, obviously, because that would be stupid. Um, but, you know, I think that the honestly, the Bills should be the favorite until we see what the Patriots offense looks like with Cam Newton. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to be them and the Patriots. Miami's not going anywhere. Right. Like no. the Jets are going to be the basement. So I mean, the Bills are going to be an interesting team to watch this year. I mean, they, they made the was it did they made playoff last year? Last year and lost to the Texans, right? In that crazy that game went to OT. Didn't I remember? I was on a plane watching it. Yeah, I'm not. I don't remember what they did last year, but I'm just like I was trying to figure because there was that year where you see the video of them all like they won out basically, and they had to get wins from other yeah. teams, so they're all in the locker room watching one of the games going on. Oh, that was, um, so that was two two or three years ago when the Bengals needed to win who would beat whoever they were playing against for the Bills right. to get in, and, and, and the Bills have been good ever since. Yeah. Like the, they've basically been, you know, a playoff team ever since then, just making it in the wild card every year, and this right. year I think is the year that they make that step up. I don't think they're doing anything, obviously, because I think there's too many teams ahead of them in the AFC, but yeah. I think this is the year where, you know, depending on who they get first-round matchup, they could win a playoff game this year. Yeah, they could be sneaky good in the playoffs for sure. I think that they've got a real chance to win the AFC East. Obviously, it all depends on how Cam Newton and the Patriots look. Uh but Bills and Patriots at the top of the AFC East for sure, and the Bills are definitely going to be sneaky good. That that that's my take on it. All right, uh, Raiders and Panthers. I feel like I feel like the Raiders. So this game, this game, like <laughs> I don't care for this game at all. <laughs> like at all, I don't care for this game. Fine, oh, we, we're still going to make a prediction for it. Uh, I feel like the Raiders are that team. Like I, I watch Red Zone. Are that team? Like you're watching on Red Zone. And then the guy, Scott, is like, oh, and let's check in in Lo- Oakland. They're in Vegas now, but, like, let's check in with the Raiders. And you're like, wait, they're playing right now? They're still, <laughs> like, like they're just, like, they just there. Like, I've never I've never been like, oh, let's watch the Raiders. You know, they're that team that Red Zone goes to every, like, every three hours. Red Zone's on for seven hours. They'll check in with them every three hours, and it's like, and a field goal, and the Raiders are up by three. It, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh the Panthers offense is trying to reestablish itself after the loss of Cam Newton and after the loss of Ron Rivera and everybody. And the Raiders have been in rebuild mode for 25 years. Yes. So I've got the Raiders winning 13 to seven. Uh, I think it's going to be so low scoring. <laughs> <laughs> I was contemplating giving this like a three to nothing win just to oh like God. be dumb. But at 13-7 Raiders, I guess. I don't know. I don't care. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the Raiders have drafted well. Honestly, I've been really impressed. I was really impressed with their draft this year. Um, so I feel like that team's got a lot of guys coming up that could be good for them. I, don't, I definitely don't think this year's their year. But, um, you know, I think Carolina can give them a run for their money. Like, if if both offenses decide to like actually score, this could actually be one of the more enticing games, um, yeah. as far as like coming down to like the last five minutes of the game, not knowing who's gonna win. Um, I think that I mean they have Teddy Bridgewater, right? I'm not like thinking wildly that Carolina has yeah okay. Yeah. So they do have Teddy. That's that's like my big like I've I like how Teddy Bridgewater looked last year. 
Yeah. And I, I think that he's got the ability to, you know, regain his, you know, Minnesota form and, you know, play really well. So I feel like Carolina, like, they, they're they probably going to be, like, a 4-12 and team this year. But I feel like those four wins are just going to be electric performances by Teddy Bridgewater. And I think that today could be one of those. So I okay. would, I'm, I'm going to flip it. And I'm going to say Carolina probably, shoot, let's think about this. I'll say, I'll say Carolina... 20 and then Raiders 14. All right. Yeah, fair enough. That's it. I, I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's not, it probably won't be the most exciting game offensively, but I think coming down to the wire, it's going to be like, you know, a pretty much a touchdown, maybe even like a field goal. That's going to separate these two teams. Uh, I, 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 I hope good things for the Raiders. Uh, hard knocks last year was electric. John yeah. Gruden has, John Gruden has some electric energy knocking on wood all day. Uh, I was really rooting for him last year because I watched Hard Knocks. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. You watch Hard Knocks and you're like, yeah, this team's going to be good. And then they're like five and, and 11. Which, can uh, we talk about Hard Knocks? Did you, have sure. you seen all five episodes of Hard Knocks? No, I chose not to watch it this year because I watched five minutes of the first episode and it was so bad. Yeah. So <laughs> you were dead on when you said every single year you watch Hard Knocks and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to root for this team. Like, there was none of that this year. This year's Hard yeah. Knocks was tough. And I think part of it has to do with the fact that they were covering two teams. But, like, I feel like you just watched it and you were just like, yeah, okay. I, I mean, also like, think that the fact that there was no preseason really played a part. Because the whole point of watching Hard Knocks is, like, you watch the preseason game and then you watch Hard Knocks and you see, like, the behind the scenes and right. what's going on. And then there's that one player that everyone's rooting for and they get cut. Or, like, the guy who was in the Netflix special who's, like, not well, trying at all. <laughs> part of the draw of it was, like, like, remember with the Browns one, there was that dude with the rocks and his dad, like, yes. the tight end that everyone absolutely loved and then he ended up getting cut. Yeah. Every single guy that got cut ended up getting signed to a practice squad. Like every guy that they yeah. followed in the show that ended up getting cut was just added to the practice squad because yeah. they expanded the roster. So you have extra room. And so right. there was one guy, there's one guy that ended up going to a different team. And that was it, only because his dad works there and his like parents live there. So it was like, it was a very family reason for him to leave. Um, it was a linebacker for the Rams. Who's like Godfather is Brett Favre or something like there it's 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 such a it's a wild like story but it's it's like if they just didn't there wasn't the draw of it this year it was no. like most yeah. most of the time you watch this and you're like damn like I really like this and it was like it was like it was okay it was just the, okay the other thing for me too was I think hard first of all I think if I had a suggestion for hard knocks I think it should follow the team throughout the entire season and not just the, the yeah. training camp and preseason because you'd really get to like I'd love to see the behind the scenes of, of the actual games and like intense yeah. games. The other thing is the whole point of hard knocks is to be a hard knock team. And I don't think the Rams are a hard knock team nah. there. They were in the Super Bowl two years ago and they have like some of the best players in the league on their team. Like they're, yeah. and, and they, the fact that it was in LA too, they're like, they're all Hollywood. They're all, it, it just, there, it wasn't like hard knock football, like Oakland and Vegas now, but Oakland, like, yeah, I was in California and yeah, it was like John Gruden. And, but that team was like a hard knock team. Right. Uh, there were a bunch of like nobodies really. Even Derek Carr was like an, was kind of like a washed up quarterback right. who's like never amounted to that much in the NFL. That's what made the show entertaining. Even when they did the Browns, uh, when they did the Buccaneers a few years ago. Uh, 
I think you need to take those teams that that are that have a little more of that hard knock quality because like if you're going to do the LA Rams you're going to follow the LA Rams like that's fine but like don't like don't have it be hard knocks have it be like soft knocks or something soft taps or whatever I don't know just it's hard knocks to me is like a is like a gritty you know hard nosed blue collar football team with with like a chip on their shoulder and something to prove the Rams are just like oh they're they're a good team. And there was a show don't. that used to do that called All or Nothing. That was an Amazon Prime thing. Um, and they did one with Carolina. Um, I want to say they did one with the Cowboys. Um, and they were good. I don't know if they still do it, but that's kind of like, I don't, yeah. I'm, it's, I don't know. It just wasn't as like in depth as yeah. Hard Knocks is. Like Hard Knocks, I feel like just gets all this unprecedented access to the players. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was just it was it was a bit of a letdown this year. I mean, I think it could have had the potential because like I don't, it was just it was a weird concept of having both teams. And like I get that they did it because both teams are going into the new you know stadium and it's you know they're sharing it, which is weird. Like yep. you know it, it could have <laughs> been good and it just wasn't. Yeah, I, the bar was set really high too because Gruden gave some great moments the year right. before. Yeah. He was awesome on camera the whole need more execution the 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 calling the players like the way gruden talks is just so funny just like walk in he's like glennon or like hunter renfro the way he talks is just like yeah that's tv right there he was he and was good thing, like we had the like we didn't get to see rookie like hazing like no. with the Raiders, <laughs> didn't they have like the guy come in and do like the impressions, the impressions. and everything? Yeah. And they had like players doing they had stuff. They just sing in front of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like that stuff's hilarious. Everyone loves watching that, and you just yeah. didn't you didn't get that. And I don't know if that's a culture thing with those with with the Rams and you know the Chargers if they don't do that, but it might be. I uh, I feel like the Rams head coach. Uh, Sean McVay hasn't blinked his entire life. I feel like every time I see that guy, his eyes are wide open. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, it, maybe it is. I feel like it's a little more intense over there in LA, and that guy's just all business all the time. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, speaking of all business all the time, uh, let's get back to our business. Uh, next game on tap: Bears and Lions. The Thanksgiving game. I feel like they, yeah. these two teams always play each other on Thanksgiving at 12 o'clock too. They're starting off week one. Uh, a lot of controversy surrounding the Bears quarterback situation because uh, the head coach of the Bears was asked, like, if you're going to go with Trubisky and he's like, yeah, we're going to go with him, but I'm going to let him write the ship and like, you know, write his own story. And then he w- they were like, oh, what do you what do you mean by that? He's like, well, you know, Mitch has had some ups, a lot of downs and that, <laughs> like he literally said a lot of downs and he's like, but I'm going to let him take the wheel. So Trubisky is coming into this week. With the support of his coach, I think, uh, playing against the Lions. I actually think he's going to get it done. Uh, the Lions are without their number one receiver in Kenny Galladay. Uh, they Sorry, you signed... misspoke. They're playing the Patriots. What? Have, have you seen their roster? Oh, literally just all former yeah. Patriots all right. players. Yeah. Funny, funny joke, Seth. Real funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, so what, yeah, are you picking uh, Bears here? I'm picking the Bears because the Lions don't have Galladay. Uh, they don't really have a run game. Carry on Johnson was like good once and like never was again. They signed AP, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Or AD from that ESPN commercial all day. Uh, but he was, he's like kind of at the end of his career. He's good for some, like he can break off some decent yardage, but I've got the bears in this one, believe it or not. I think the bears are going to win 29 to 16. Mitch Trubisky is going to be an all-star today. 
Yeah, so I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'm taking the Lions all day long. Um, say what you want about, you know, they don't have Galladay. Say what you want about AP. Matt Stafford always finds a way to get it done, but forget about the offense. I think saying that they're going to give up 29 points is the bigger stretch. That defense is so good. They have one of the best secondaries in the NFL. They've got Trey Flowers on the line. They've got great linebackers. I mean, didn't they have, did they sign Jamie Collins this year? Like, like, um, I don't know. They probably did. (laughs) I feel, I feel like they signed Jamie Collins this year and he's like, He's obviously not where he was like in those dominant years with the Patriots where it's just him and Dante Hightower just absolutely lighting dudes up. Um, but yeah, he's he still just, them, you're right. you know, he's got that mind of like, you know, he's been through the Patriot way. Like he knows how to win. Uh, I think that's uh, just any anytime you have someone who's been through the Patriot system, who's won multiple Super Bowls, like they have that experience. They're going to be able to lead. And yeah. so I feel like I feel like the Detroit defense, especially when you have Matt Patricia as your head coach, like he's so defensively minded. Like I feel like their defense is going to be so good. I'd be surprised if they gave up more than twenty points and okay. didn't score twenty four at least. Yeah, so I think it's I, actually going to be a good game. I feel like it's going to be closer to a you know maybe twenty one ten twenty four ten Lions. Yeah. Okay. All right, so Seth is taking the lines in this one. Next game, I don't even want to talk about Colts Jaguars. Colts are going to win thirty-five to seven. That's it. Yep. 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 <laughs> okay. Easy. The Jaguars no, are tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Easy. Very easy. We don't even need Honestly, to talk about you that. Put Philip Rivers <laughs> out there with all nine of his kids. And his kids, play, and yeah. they'd still win. <laughs> that guy, I think, has more kids than he does playoff appearances. <laughs> oh, I really think he does. <laughs> Can Wait. someone look up that stat? How many? Oh, let's look it up. God. How many playoff appearances does he have? There's How no. Many, <laughs> I, I, if he does, that's so sad. Because how many times have the Chargers been to the playoffs? Okay, so he was drafted. He's 38. Oh, my God, dude. He was five, drafted five playoff games. So he has more kids than playoff appearances. Oh, my God. Wow. That's Only wild. Two- are one of two teams that have never won a Super Bowl. I didn't even know that was a thing. Who's the other team? Um, doesn't even say. I feel like it should. <laughs> it just says Chargers are one of two teams that have never won a Super Bowl. Oh, Texans maybe? Yeah, but they were an expansion team, so that makes sense. And I don't know that they've ever been to one. But yeah, uh, the Colts are going to win this game. Phillip Rivers is going to throw for half the amount of uh, touchdown passes as he has kids and they're going to win 35 seven simply put next game Packers Vikings. I love this game. I love this game. Yes. It's going to be a good game. I think bold prediction right here. I've got Vikings 28 24. And I think that today might be the birth of Jordan love as the Packers starting quarterback. Really? I'm not big on Aaron Rodgers. I've never liked him. I was big on them taking Jordan Love, and I hated the whole controversy where Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, I thought I was going to spend my whole career here. It's like, newsflash, there's life after you. A good quarterback comes across your your board. You're taking him. So I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to start the game out. He's going to throw like a touchdown on the first drive, and then he's going to throw two interceptions, and then he's going to get whatever. He's going to be bad. They're going to put Jordan Love in in the second half, and he's going to make this a game, but I think the Vikings are going to win 28-24 to just because Adam Thielen is unreal. 
he is a great receiver. That and Dalvin Cook is gonna cook literally. But I've got so I uh, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know much about either one of these teams other than the fact that it seems like Minnesota has just kind of perennially found their way into the playoffs every year. Yeah. Um. But the one thing I will say, just this is my kind of stupid prediction because I just don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to this team. I benched Aaron Rodgers this week, and so I guarantee you. The Packers win, and Aaron Rodgers has, like, nine <laughs> passing touchdowns. Yeah, it always does. Murphy's Law, it always does seem to happen like that. I'm in a similar situation. I don't know who to start at wide receiver. Uh, but Well, it was funny because uh, it's like I started Pat Mahomes. Like, anyone in their right mind starting Pat Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, yeah. But, like, it's just I know yeah. he's going to go off now. That's just right. what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I hear you on that. Um, and the Vikings defense is, like, kind of there sometimes and, like, not there. Do they lose uh, Everson Griffin in the offseason or do they keep him? Because I remember there was that whole long strung out. Let me look it up. Because I feel like he's always been a really big part of their. He, he's gone. He plays for the Cowboys. Okay. So, yeah, he he has been just kind of like an anchor for that defense for the past however long he's been in the NFL, basically. Yeah. And so I think the defense uh, definitely took a hit the offseason. Yeah. I think these, these two teams always play each other and play each other well. And we've gotten yeah. some good wild card games, playoff games, and regular season battles between these two teams. It's fun that they're starting off week one. I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, I, I, I Not that I'm rooting for the demise of Aaron Rodgers, but I'm rooting for the demise of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. I want Jordan Love right now. So I got Vikings 28-24. Next game. The game of the day for all of us, Pats and Dolphins. The game that everybody in the world wants to give to the Dolphins for some reason. I don't know why. but oh, I know exactly why, because everyone outside of New England hates the Patriots, dude. Right. Everyone <laughs> everyone thinks we're going to suck this year because Brady's gone. Newsflash, Brady sucks. We've got Cam Newton now. We upgraded at the quarterback position. We've got a great running back core. We have Julian Edelman. We're fine. We're totally fine. I've got <laughs> Julian the Edelman, we're fine. <laughs> we are so, fine. We're so here's if my you, thing. <laughs> with with New England, like, I am rooting so hard for Cam Newton because I think he is one of the greatest guys in the world. Like, is. it is so hard to not, like, like, some people think he's a little bit cocky. He's outlandish. I don't. I disagree with that. Like, I like the flashy outfits. I like the celebrations after. He has some like, really cool hats. Really cool hats. He has some really, really cool hats. Um, but my thing with the Patriots is like, like who's the wide receiver core? Julian Edelman. That's it. It's, it's, that's the problem, (laughs) right? Like that's what we had last year. That's part of why Brady struggled so much last year. Like we didn't do anything in the off season, like make the wide receiver core better. And like, I don't disagree with the move to cut Sanu. Like he didn't do well last year. I'm never going to question anything really that Bill Belichick does unless it's like super duper outlandishly outrageous. But, you know, I think that cutting him, like you just lose wide receiver depth. And that's why, in my opinion, the single most important player on the New England Patriots this season is not Cam Newton. It's Nikhil Harry. Because yeah. if Nikhil Harry can play well and play up to being a first-round draft pick as a wide receiver, they will be good. Like Cam, here, like Cam can pass. All right, like we're talking about the guy who won the 2015 NFL MVP 
with almost 4,000 passing yards where his best receiver was Greg Olson with 1,100 receiving yards, right? right? We're talking about the Cam <laughs> Newton who basically with that same roster broke the rookie record for passing yards, right? Like, like Cam Newton can pass the ball. Like, yeah. this is something that he's proven he's able to do. He had 35 passing touchdowns the year that he won the NFL MVP. Like, he can pass. Yeah. But Tom Brady is undoubtedly a better passer than Cam Newton, and Tom Brady struggled to pass in the Patriots' offense last year, which, from a personnel standpoint, is barely different this year. So I don't—I hope— that Cam Newton and Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick figure something out. I hope that Julian Edelman has a great season, but it all hinges on Nikhil Harry. And to be completely honest with you, I'm not terribly optimistic. All right. I'll see that situation and I'll raise you one. I think that I agree with everything that you're saying and that the wide receiver core on the Patriots is the weakest part of the offense. Yes. I think two things. One, I think that, between Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, and Jacoby Myers, I think those are our top three receivers. I think that those three are going to figure it out. I, Jacoby Myers was like a bright spot in the New England offense for me last year. I thought he looked pretty good being uh, kind of an overshadowed target, especially with a quarterback who I think was failing in his career. Uh, I think that we are not going to have an issue with our pass game this year. I also think that now that you have Cam Newton, this opens up a ton of options for Josh McDaniels that you haven't had for the past 20 years. Yeah. Tom Brady runs like a wounded flamingo. So <laughs> you now have Cam Newton, who is one of the better pass option players in the NFL, one of the better mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, and older Lamar Jackson. I think that you are now going to open up your offense so much more than than you have in the past 20 years because you can run the ball with the quarterback and you have the ability. The Patriots are big on play action. You have the ability now to implement your quarterback into that run offense. And I think that's going to be huge, especially on third downs. I think it's going to open up the opportunities all around. So I don't think that we're going to have an issue on offense at all. The biggest issue I think we're going to have is pass protection. I think that I think that's we, we lost. We I think the offensive line, we we. We've lost some key members. Granted, we didn't have David Andrews last year, and he's back this year, and that's that's big to have yeah. that guy as your center and as your captain just in the room and on the field. I think that's big to have him back. We don't have the strongest offensive line, and we haven't for the past few years. We've always, I think Isaiah Wynn is one of the most important parts of that. Right, yeah. Like, he, he's just been injured for the past two years, and he could we be We haven't so seen him play. Yeah, we haven't seen him play. He was a first-round pick, and we haven't seen him play yet. So I think that... It, it's like you said, it's a lot of moving pieces in the puzzle that, and a lot of what ifs. Like, we don't know how Cam Newton's going to look. Apparently, you know, the, the reports coming out of the Patriots training camp have been great. But at the same time, like, are you, if you're Bill Belichick and you're asked about Cam Newton, are you really going to say like, oh, I don't think he looks good? You know, like, right. what, are you, what are you supposed to say when someone asks you if he looks good? Yeah. So we think we're optimistic because we think that he's been lighting it up in camp. And, and, it, and it does look like he's been playing very well. He was named well, a captain. It's not, it's not a matter of Cam Newton, right? Like, I think Cam Newton is going to go out there. Like, that's that's my biggest concern with Cam Newton is the fact that we don't have the strongest offensive line. Like, yeah. the dude has missed almost the entirety of the past two seasons to injuries, and he's still leading the league in getting hit since he came into the NFL. <laughs> yeah. He missed almost two full seasons and has still been hit by a significantly larger margin than anybody else. That's why he gets injured, because he gets hit so much. And he's, like, 
And granted, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he likes to be outside of the pocket trying to make plays with his feet. But when you have the offensive line, like you just mentioned, where it's not the strongest offensive line in the world, he's going to get hit. And that would be my only concern with Cam Newton. From yeah. a pl- if, as long as he's on the field, I have zero concerns about Cam Newton. He's going to go out and ball. But if he doesn't put up good numbers, if they don't win games, I don't think it's going to be Cam Newton's fault. It's going to be a personnel issue around Cam Newton. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I personally, and, and I'll believe this until I see them play today, I think the offense is going to be no problem. I think our defense is the biggest issue. You lost a lot really? from that defense. You lost you, Players opting out between Chung and Hightower. Van Noy leaving, Harmon leaving. I mean, you still have the McCordys back there, thank God, to be yeah. your defensive captains. But I think Dante Hightower not being there is a big hit for this team. Uh, yeah, so I, I think, think Van Noy gone, big hit. Run stopping is going to be an issue for sure. I think but, we're lucky that we're playing the Dolphins this week because they don't have fair. a run game. Uh, and that's why I think we're going to win. And I'll give my score 34-14. But down the road, I, I think it's an issue. That, yeah. So my my thing with the defense right now is, yes, obviously, like you said, we have um, – we have the McCordy brothers back there. We still got Stefan Gilmore, right? Like, um, and then we have, I think, so Jonathan Jones, I think last yeah. year had a better QBR against than Stefan Gilmore, who, oh, by the way, won DPO off. DPO, yeah. Right? Like, I think that we're going to be so good from a passing standpoint that's yeah, just the run defense. That, I mean, but here's the thing. I still think that they can figure it out from the run standpoint. Like, I think that Juwan Bentley is poised to have a good year. We still have Chase Winovich coming off the bench who always, like, I love the hand. Yeah. I love that. Oh, guy. yeah. He's, got, he's, Wise, got, he's, got, some, he's got some locks on him. He's Adam Butler, I feel like, is kind of one of the guys that we need to play well. Like, yeah. if the big guys in Adam Butler and Lawrence Guy can play well and stop the run, like, like, it's going to hinge on that. Like, we've, we've been so accustomed for years. Like, literally ever since Vince Wilfork left, left the team, we've been so accustomed to good um, linebacker play and stopping the run that this yeah. year I feel like it's we're going to have to make a shift and be better as a defensive line and see better defensive line play and stopping the run. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think luckily for the Patriots, they don't play a team that has like a established run game or an established running back for right. a few weeks. So I think we can we can manage for the time being and hopefully figure it out. I've got Patriots though easily. All right, we got five sure. games to go through. Let's give let's give quick picks for the next five games. Uh, I know your COVID test is coming up soon, so I want you to be prepared and, and go five and zero oh for that. I don't want I don't want you to fail your COVID test. So. <laughs> Eagles and Washington football team. This is a weird game because the Washington football team doesn't have a team name. They're under investigation for corrupt whatever. And speaking of things coming back, TBR coming back, football coming back, college football coming back, Alex Smith is back, which I am 100% against. His leg turned into a Twizzler a few years ago. God, <laughs> see the field. I'm not. No, they're starting him. <laughs> Wait, he's starting? I'm pretty okay. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. Maybe Haskins is starting. I heard that Alex Smith was gonna be like in the game today, though. I heard they were like, oh my god. Like, I'm like really sure that they're like using like a two quarterback. um, No, please, please no. I'm pretty sure. 
Listen, when your leg looks like a Twizzler like this, and like that was one of the worst leg injuries I've ever seen. Gordon Hayward was bad. Uh, Kevin Wares was bad. Alex Smith's leg lost all of its like sturdiness, okay. and it was he, He's supposed to be third. He's supposed to be third on the depth chart according to ESPN. Okay, I I heard I don't know where I heard this. Someone told me that they're gonna use him in the game today. <laughs> oh, oh my God, I really I hope not, if, dude. If that happened to me, I would never walk again. I would oh. let alone go he, back. He and literally play. almost. So have you seen the? Uh, I think it's an E60. Yeah, they almost had to like amputate his leg, and he almost died. <laughs> yeah, he literally almost. It, it, like the leg looks nasty, bro. Yeah, like it, it looks bad. It's disgusting. I feel that injury didn't happen that long ago. No, it really didn't. And he walks around like, like, <laughs> why do you think he walks around with a sleeve on his leg? He's, like, like, he's in a permanent, like, compression sleeve for life. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I just know. I just, I can't see him just back on the, uh, on the football field. He should be nowhere near a football field ever again, even as a fan. He should be away from staircases, slippery surfaces, <laughs> which, oh, by the way, when his family and his kids were celebrating him returning, oh my the God, they were the spraying the champagne on the ground. Oh I'm like, no, he's going to slip and fall. And it's going to, the whole thing's going to happen again. His leg is going to go like this. It's just a bad scenario. I don't want him anywhere near a football field, anywhere near athletics ever again. He should be permanently couch bound for the rest of his life. <laughs> it's just no. And, and to top it all off, He's playing for a team that has no name, that is under investigation for corruptness, and they're going to lose to the Eagles today. Well, I mean, for, forget like forget everything that's happening. Washington wasn't winning this football game. No. <laughs> like, like unless Dwayne Haskins turns into like the next Lamar Jackson wins the NFL MVP, like. They are not going they don't to have win. Any any options? Darius Geis was like cut and is out of the league, <laughs> and now and like so much has happened with the team, the Washington football team, that I just don't think you can have a season at this point. I would just cancel the whole season. I, mean, I think for Alex Smith's benefit, cancel the whole season. Oh, for sure. <laughs> no, it's just like like look, you look at the NFC East, and it's like the Cowboys are always up there, and it's Phillies always up there, right? Like. The Giants are gonna suck. <laughs> Washington's gonna suck. Right. And then, like, like literally any game where it's like, if I'm Philly or Cow- the Cowboys, and I see the W and I see the Giants on my schedule, I'm like, all right, cool, that's four w- guaranteed <laughs> wins, easy peasy. They're not even using their logo in their field. That's They're what, using the it? NFL shield. Are they? Jeez. Yeah. Probably just to butter up Roger Goodell to make oh, sure they don't yeah. on Because <laughs> they have a logo. It's a W. And personally, right. I think they should name their team the Washington Warriors because you could still use the same W logo. And I think that would be sick. I think that's but, fair. But then you also now have two Warriors in professional sports. And they still can't do that because the guy has, like, all of the trademarks on it. Oh, yeah, true. That, true that's true, literally true. the holdup right now. That's why they didn't pick a team name. It's because there's some guy who literally owns the trademarks or the copyright or whatever the legal, like, ownership thing is for yeah. every single conceivably, like, like relevant. <laughs> that's a smart idea to, like, get oh, trademarks yeah. on a bunch Dude, of names. freaking intelligent by that guy. It's just, like, a pain in the yeah. butt. But, yeah, I've got Eagles no doubt in that one. All right. Chargers Bengals. There, Joe Burrow. A lot of talk about Joe Burrow making his NFL debut today. First overall pick. Just won the uh, national championship. 
another another completely irrelevant game. You've got is Herbert starting for the Chargers? Do we know that? Uh no, it's Tyrod Taylor. It's a hundred percent. Tyrod Taylor. Taylor. Wow. Okay, he's back too. Tyrod Taylor is is back in the NFL. Um, yeah, if you watched Hard Knocks, you would have seen him. Yeah, no, they're, they're, I, I think I their their plan right now is to do you know they're gonna go with the Chiefs slash Ravens method of you um you sit your star guy for the first season like that's okay. what they're doing right now so okay. uh I I'm as far as I know Tyrod Taylor is slated to start this game I don't think that changes anything um I think their defense took a big hit with. By the way, so I'm very confused about what's going on here because they, Derwin James, right, their star safety who safety. made a Pro Bowl his rookie year, right, had a bit of a down year last year, he tore his meniscus but is out yeah. for the remainder of the season. Really? So here's my thing with this. I myself have torn a meniscus. Sure. Yeah. I have both had it cut out and repaired. Two separate surgeries, right? The first time I tore it was part of an ACL injury. It got completely cut out then because there's nothing they yep. can do about it. It was just totally right. gone. Then last year, I had another knee surgery, and they repaired it. The typical recovery time for a regular person is about six weeks and he's out six to eight months (laughs) yeah so obviously he doesn't just have a torn meniscus right because there's no way that with a torn meniscus which in the nba is usually a four to six week recovery that's what they say right someone has a torn meniscus now keep in mind you're not allowed to like if you have a meniscus repair, you're not allowed to bend your knee further than 90 degrees for like a month after the yeah. surgery. Um, and you, so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, he's a professional athlete. He's going to be getting the best care in the world. I'm really questioning what the actual injury is here. Cause if yeah, he just, I think a four <laughs> meniscus, that's a four to six week recovery. That dude should be back in full strength by week eight, week nine at the latest. Right. Yeah. That makes it. Yeah. There's definitely something more there. Are you, are you saying that because he's out, the chargers are losing today? Uh, yes, very much. Really? So. I, dude. I don't think that defense is anything right now. You got, I've, Nick got Bosa. I've got the chargers winning this game. You have Nick Bosa. I think the chargers are going to beat the Bengals. Listen, there's been a lot of talk about Joe Burrow. Oh, really Joe Burrow hasn't it. lost a game in, in ever. He's about to lose a lot of games. Uh, well, and no, it starts today. 24-21. don't disagree with you on that, right? Like, friggin' you're gonna... Right. Like, what? The Bengals. Like, it's the Bengals. <laughs> it's the Bengals. But no, I, I think they'll... Right. You know, you have some weapons there. I think A.J. Green's playing, right? Like, he, he can't still be injured, AJ right? A.J. Green is, like... <laughs> I feel like he might be still injured. I don't know. I feel like he's like he's injured he every well year, be, like automatically. Fairly certain he's still playing. You still you have Joe that'll Mixon. La- that'll last like, ten minutes. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, I I think that they have enough there that they can beat a team like the Chargers. Like, yeah. I I feel like this is one of those games where it's just gonna be like really stupidly high scoring. Like they're they're two really crappy teams. Like honestly, if Nick Bosa has a sick game and has like three sacks 
And then who's the other guy that they have that they that was out for a time with contract disputes? That's like really good. I forgot what his oh, name is. Melvin Ingram. Yeah, Melvin Ingram. If the two of those yeah. dudes have a sick game and combine for like six sacks, they'll win. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're gonna have a sick, a sick game and combine for six sacks. So I, <laughs> I'm taking Bengals, especially since they're home. All right. Uh, next game. This is my game of the day. Buccaneers and Saints. Uh, I think it's going to be an offensive shootout. The Buccaneers offense stacked up. It's clear they're going for a Super Bowl run. But the Saints are the Saints. Drew Brees is Drew Brees. I don't think Tom Brady is as good as people are making him out to be. If you watched any highlights from the last season, you'd know that he had a terrible year. Uh, Gronk is always hurt. So let's eliminate those two. You're left with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and uh, Fournette face. So I think that... I'm taking the Saints in this one, 42 to 37. High-scoring game, Saints are going to win. Yes. Yeah. No, you're 100% right on everything. I agree. I wish I could Good. disagree with you and that we could have an actual conversation about this game. But, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, everyone's making the Buccaneers out to be some, like, super team that's going to go really far and run the table. Cough, and I just, cough, I just, Madden with a higher rating than the MVP. What? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... But yeah, I'm I I've got the Saints in this one, and and Tom Brady is gonna look like absolute trash today, and I'm gonna love it. Next game, Cardinals and 49ers. Hot take: Cardinals are gonna win. Real okay, so you're on yep. you're on the Kyler Murray train, aren't you? Well, you're one a of those. he's my fantasy quarterback, and B he just got DeAndre Hopkins. That's fair. That's he fair. got his dog. He I feel like boy. this game should be closer than you like than than everyone. Like, Right, yeah. It's going to be a closer game than everyone thinks, but I think that the 49ers are like, bro, we just choked a 20-point lead in the Super Bowl. We're going to come out and murder a team, and I, I think I that's what they're going like to do. They're going to have that mentality. Right, that's gonna, right I don't think they're going to murder them. Right, yeah, no, that's, that's the mentality, and I think that's going to carry them to a victory. I just, okay. I don't know. I think that... Nothing to me is scarier than thinking of DeAndre. Like, if Kyler Murray shows us that he can be a really, really good quarterback, which I don't think he was bad last year. It was just a product of being on the Cardinals. On the Cardinals, yeah. Um, But, like, the prospect of having DeAndre Hopkins being taught and being under the tutelage of Larry Fitzgerald, that is terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Uh, if we thought he was good in Houston— He's going to be so much better in Arizona. Listen, listen, I I think that DeAndre Hopkins is one of those receivers that that is is talent-wise the best receiver in the NFL, talent-wise. And I think that that talent was not utilized correctly in Houston. I don't even think you have to put the qualifier of talent-wise. I think he's just straight up the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, Yeah, and I I, I think that there's potential for him to be even better. Deshaun Watson was a good quarterback, but those two never clicked. They really never clicked. They they, they had their moments, but they never clicked. I don't if think that's Kyler a Murray, them, though. I think that's a product of Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien's offense sucks, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that if Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins can link up this year, the Cardinals can be a scary team. Uh, they, they, they always play week one well. I remember they had an overtime tie in week one last year against the Lions, I believe. Really? Uh, yeah, I think that's how they started the season. And they looked good. Yeah. And obviously, they didn't have the weapon in DeAndre Hopkins that they do now. I think the Cardinals are going to win this game 20-14. to 14. And it could go to overtime, too. But I've got them winning this game by six. That's I, my I, take. If, I think this game is decided by a field goal. Yeah. I, could, I like it, it, 
it's I think it's going to be that close. Honestly, like, I, well, I don't even necessarily like. It doesn't have to be a field goal. That's the winning score. I just think that coming down to crunch time, it's going to be within three points. Okay, I, fair enough. I, I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. I, I don't think that just because the 49ers were in the Super Bowl last year, that means right. anything for this game. Cardinals. I don't necessarily think they well. make it this year either. No, I don't. no chance. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is good, not great. Uh, yeah. All right. Final game of the day, Sunday night football. I'm hyped for this one. I'm still undecided about who I'm going to start in fantasy. I've got two receivers in this game. Cowboys, Rams, this is my take on the Cowboys. Dak Prescott's got a lot to prove. He's been in the news a lot lately. He's got beef with Skip Bayless after Skip Bayless made those stupid comments about Dak Prescott opening up about depression after his brother's suicide. Dak Prescott's got a lot to prove this week. You've got Amari Cooper, who's been on and off the injury report, going up against Jalen Ramsey. You've got C.D.T.D. Lamb straight from Oklahoma. The biggest sleeper in the NFL draft is going to come in and bust this league wide open. And you've got Ezekiel Elliott. I think the Cowboys are going to win this game. 28-20. I think it's going to be a close game. Rams offense is good, too. Rams defense is good. Their run defense. I mean, obviously, they have Aaron Donald, so they're really good. Uh, I think that the Cowboys are going to win this game 28-20. But it's going to be a very close, very intense game. A great way to start off the NFL season on Sunday Night Football primetime. So, I agree that the Cowboys are winning this game. Mm-hmm. It's. I don't think there's any question there. I think the only reason this is going to be a close game is because the Rams have one of the better defenses in the NFL. Yeah. That is the only reason why I think it's going to be close. I think offensively Dallas is leagues ahead of the Rams. I don't know that I can off the top of my head name a wide receiver on that team other than Robert Woods. And to be honest with you, I'm not really on the Robert Woods hype train. Cooper Cup. Just got resigned, but yeah, that's fair. Okay, fine. But he's, but he's, he's no great shakes. I'm just he's no great. I'm just saying. Right. I agree with you that Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are, are not that good. That's just I don't I don't trust their running backs either. I don't know who their running backs are. Like no, I just I don't I don't see it with that offense. I think they could like surprise me and then end up making it into like the wild card. You know, like they could yeah. sneak their way in. Um, but I just I'm not super you know, intrigued by them. Agreed. Yeah. I think that, I think that the Rams getting to the Super Bowl that year was kind of a fluke. It was. Uh, and it, and it showed that they only put up three points in that game. Um, that was one of the I, worst Super Bowls to watch ever. I that was that. a terrible Super Bowl, especially because the Patriots are known for being in like really intense Super Bowl games with big yeah. moments. This game right. was so it was boring. Just, it was just kind of there. <laughs> It was just there. I was like, it was right. just there. And I was hyped because we won, uh, obviously. Oh, but I mean, yeah. it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was a game. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I've got Cowboys. I, I'm excited for that game. I don't know because I have Amari Cooper and CDTD on my team. I, I might put both of them on the bench just because Amari Cooper's going up against Jalen Ramsey and was on the injury report with a hamstring injury. And CD Lamb hasn't played yeah. a game in the NFL, so I can't like trust him fully. And I know, I know I'm going to bench both of them and they're both going to get touchdowns. Michael Gallup might get a touchdown too because he's like, Dak Prescott likes to throw to him. I know this game's going to be a shootout and I know that this is going to be a good game, but I can't bring myself to start either one of them right now. And I'm going <laughs> to. It. I hope I don't regret it. I hope that my starting. I mean, I think I'm gonna go with Thielen, is probably what I'm. I gonna think it's do. a good bet, honestly. 
I don't know. We we need to do a fantasy football show with like everyone from the league in and just yeah. like talk talk about our our league. That's what I think we're gonna do. Is after each week do like a wrap up of fantasy. Yeah, football. I get to do my uh, my super super intelligent uh, analysis of my draft that was completely auto drafted. Which, <laughs> by the way, my team is kind of nice for being auto drafted. I'm not. That's gonna lie. the good thing with auto draft is like you actually get like a better team than people who like tried hard in the draft. Right. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. All right. Are we talking about the what appears to be two Monday games, or are we gonna leave those? I, I think we should leave those for a, for a like a different episode. Also, Carp wanted to talk about them, and he's okay. golfing right now. So I'll I mean, we'll do an episode. Where else would he be? Where like honestly, where right. else would he be? Right. Yeah. Um. Uh. I I'm excited to get Carp back on. Like like he's gonna be on game day next week. Uh. He's gonna be on the podcasts again. Um. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say again because no no one has been on a podcast for a while. We haven't posted one in like two months. But uh, <laughs> we've been doing the the video stuff. We've been doing the Instagram stuff. Right. We, we've been yeah. focused on. We're building the brand up again. That's that's what it's all about. But uh. But yeah, this has been episode forty one. Seth, go pass your COVID test. Go five and zero. Oh. Those are career oh. numbers if you do. And uh. And we'll be back sooner than later to talk about week one of the NFL, a deeper dive into uh, college football this coming week and sports in general are happening. So, so yeah, thank you all for listening to episode 41 of the review and we'll see you next time, boys. Live and fired by the boss, it takes one hand to count the things I can count on. No, there ain't much, man.